Welcome to the Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek podcast series. Following Brownstein's winter M&A and private equity roundtable discussion, Jay Spader, a shareholder in Brownstein's corporate finance group, joined Paul Myring and David Levine of Prudential Capital to discuss the use of mezzanine financing in lieu of a private equity-backed transaction. Hi, this is uh, Jay Spader. I'm a shareholder in the corporate finance group at Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek in Denver, Colorado. I'm here with Paul Myring and uh, David Levine of Prudential Capital. We actually just got done with a M&A private equity roundtable that was hosted by the firm, and we thought it would make sense to talk about some of the subjects that we discussed in that roundtable. I'm going to let David introduce Prudential Capital to the group here, and then they're going to give us an interesting example of the use of mezzanine financing in lieu of of a private equity-backed transaction. Great. Thanks, Jay. Prudential Capital Group, we're part of the investment management business of Prudential Financial, the insurance company, The Rock, as many of you know. We provide senior debt and mezzanine investments uh, between roughly $10 million and $300 million across a broad range of industries out of an office network that extends across the United States, Europe, and we just opened an office in Australia. We just closed our fifth uh, mezzanine fund, called Prudential Capital Partners 5 in December. It's a $1.8 billion fund. And so out of that fund, we provide subordinated debt as well as some uh, minority equity investments. And I will hand it over to my colleague, Paul, to talk about some examples. Jay, you referenced uh, an example of where a company can use a uh, mezzanine to accomplish a minority recapitalization in lieu of doing a private equity transaction. I think one of the things we we came up with an example of, which we see variations of this all the time. And so in this example, uh, we've got a, uh, uh, we'll call him John Sr., and his brother Bob started a company a number of years ago. John Jr. now owns senior share along with his uncle, we'll call the Uncle Bob, and uh, John, John Jr.'s son, John the third, so we got the players right. This is a company uh, that has about twenty million dollars of EBITDA uh, and at a multiple of six times has an enterprise value of approximately one hundred and twenty million dollars. So if you subtract out the existing senior debt of twenty million dollars, you've got an equity value of one hundred million dollars. So. John Jr. would like to, he's got a couple of objectives, one of which is to buy out Uncle Bob, who's no longer uh, participating in the business. And he'd like to get uh, his, his son, John III, uh, the ownership of the business and pass that control on to the next generation. So he's got a couple of options, one of which is just to sell to a private equity sponsor. And that's, that would probably get him, the, uh, on, on this date, the most cash. But, of course, then the family would lose uh, control of the business. The other option is a leverage recapitalization uh, solution to leverage the son's uh, equity. So John III owns, in this example, 25% of the business. We're going to leverage that equity that he owns so he can get control of the business. So again, in my example, John Jr., the dad, owns 55% of the business. So his value in this company is $55 million. Uncle Bob owns 20%, and he has a value of $20 million. So we need to come up with a certain amount of money to, to buy the uncle out and also to get a distribution to the father. So I think the way to do this, we've got to come up with $120 million right, to, to cover this capitalization. I think you can take that $20 million of EBITDA, leverage it with a, a new senior piece of $60 million, which is three times EBITDA. You can add a subordinated debt piece, and that's where a company like Prudential Capital Partners comes in, and add that of, say, $30 million, which is about a turn and a half of additional debt, so four and a half times total, and that's not an atypical kind of structure. The, uh, the son 
has $25 million now to roll over into this new transaction. And the, the plug piece is the father uh, who's going to roll uh, $8 million into this. So that's the sources for this transaction. The uses are you've got to pay off the senior debts. That's $20 million. Purchase the uncle's shares. That's 20, another $20 million. Dad's going to take a buyout, a partial buyout, but a majority buyout of $47 million and $33 million of rollover equity, and there's a few million dollars of fees. So if you add all those numbers up, that covers all of the, of the need. And you've done that without any additional equity uh, and, and $30 million of, of subordinated debt. So now you look at that old ownership structure. Dad had 55%, uncle 20, son 25. Uh, and the new ownership, if you do that math, comes out to the dad owns 23% because he's been bought out most of his stake. Uncle owns zero, and the son uh, owns 72%. Now, if you do the math, you'll see there's a, a 5% uh, gap there, and that's because the subordinated debt lender would typically take some warrants uh, in that position. So you'd have a minority uh, warrant position of about 5%. And so you, you can use that leverage to accomplish that transaction. The family still maintains control. Uh, the son now has a, has a control position and over time can take out, refinance that subordinated debt. I think the other thing to, to think about, we've used a family situation here, and the other thing to think about is substitute from the word son or John the Third to a senior manager or a senior management team could accomplish that exact same thing if they had acquired uh, a piece of a family business over time and the founders of the controlling family was no longer active and that management team wanted to buy out that business. So you can see you can take that example, tweak it in a variety of different ways, and accomplish that same that same recapitalization without having to use uh, and lo- using private equity and losing control. Paul, is Dave, you know, one thing to, to point out there is the the son, I guess it would be John the third. So the son rolled all of his equity. So as a subordinated lender coming into this transaction, providing the new capital that's coming in, we like to see the fact that the people who are going to be, whether it's the son or the management team in an MBO situation, they're rolling all of their equity. They're not taking any money off the table. So they are fully aligned. Our incentives are aligned for this business to be successful. So that's a, that's a key consideration for us as we're coming in. And then can you sort of speak to the father? You know, he was able to transfer control of the company, but also, I believe, kind of take some, take some money off the table as well there. In that scenario, yeah, he, again, his, his ownership went from 55% down to 23%, but he took out $47 million, and by doing that math, took out $47 million of, of cash. So he got, he, you know, monetized a good portion, actually just over, just over half of his position, and still owns half, but, but was able to take some serious money off the table. Now, in this scenario, which is a this is a very common example, you know, we're making up this example, but it's it's taken from a lot of real time experiences that both Paul and I have dealt with. You know, the dad has likely spent his entire career in this business. This is a family business. The dad's dad started it. And so if he wanted to maximize his dollars out the door, he could sell the company. But clearly, they don't want to do that. They want to retain control. It's a family business. And so as we're coming in, absolutely, the dad has earned these proceeds that he's he's getting now in this example it's it's 47 million dollars that's a lot of money but it's a career that he's built in this business that his family started so we're fine with that as long as you do have owners and managers who are incentivized to to grow it great thanks guy that was really interesting seeing mezzanine debt being used as an alternative to selling to private equity and like we had said generational transition there, uh, getting getting a minority shareholder in the uncle is no longer in the picture. The son controls and the, the father was able to realize a partial liquidity event on his, you know, on his lifelong work. So interesting. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks, Jay.
As a follow-up to our listeners here, we're going to post the example that Paul and David just gave us, showing the actual numbers that we discussed here in a recapitalization table that'll hopefully make it easier to understand what we've sort of laid out here today by, by seeing the numbers and names. Thank you for listening to the Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek podcast series. Visit www.bhfs.com for more information.